0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full turns at mintmobile.com.
2: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 716. I'm going to be performing in Sacramento and San Jose this weekend as part of the Fun Comfortable Tour. With uh, my my dear friend April Richardson, we'll be up there on Friday and Saturday. How'd night.
0: the Morrissey tour go that she did? She
2: said it was amazing. I'm gonna have April on to talk it's about it. The fucking best idea She's, I've ever heard. April's one of my favorite people in the world. She's so fucking funny, and uh, and she, yeah, she toured. She did I think maybe ten shows <laughs> alongside the Genius Morrissey planet. tour. And she called it Louder Than Bombing, which is was great. And she said the tour was really great. I mean, she fucking set it up on her own and went out and drove across the country by herself and did this tour. And uh, it was
0: it was great. She's a badass. She is
2: indeed. Uh, what do you got on the Nerds Community cork board?
0: Uh, this first thing is from Zach. He's 33. And three months ago, he found out that he needs a kidney to live longer. Okay. Uh, so he's waiting on that kidney, but he decided to turn that kidney into delicious kidney-flavored lemonade. Uh, by making a web comic about his kidney deciding it doesn't want to work anymore. Oh my god, that's brilliant! It's fucking amazing. Is he selling the web comic? Can people uh, buy oh, it to donate? Oh, for? you go to Zach uh, Zach's, Zach Z A C H and it's digital. And he's uh, at some point going to put together a compilation piece. But oh my god, it's incredible! Like like he is a, a real bright guy. And anything you guys can do to support, but but you know, go to his website and check out the comic work he's done there. It's he's he's a real. I was very very impressed. That's amazing. Uh, I, honestly, yeah, I'm, it was super inspiring.
2: Uh, we love you, Zach. Keep making the funny. <laughs> um, Katie,
3: tabletop games—they uh, make a lot of you know card games and stuff like that. They have a Kickstarter right now to help fund a new game they have called Goblinade, and basically, you are a goblin entrepreneur who has opened your very own drink stand.
0: But you're not the only game in town, so you have to fill your stockroom with ingredients and customers. And it looks really fun. It's for ages nine and up. And you can find it by going to Kickstarter and searching Goblinade or going to papernights.com. And that's Knights with a K. I went to Goblinade in '97. Oh, yeah, that was the year that Neil Young killed all those goblins with his broadsword. <laughs> <laughs> was by a broadsword. He came back as a goblin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right, I've been resurrected by the Dark Order of Goblins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my mustache shoots lasers now. <laughs> how, how cool is this? It's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes ever.
2: David Crosby, I'm a huge fan
0: of your room. You, like, oh, the you like the music?
2: You're a musician?
0: I like that he's also Lionel Hudson's sponsor in <laughs> AA. <laughs> David, I'm feeling really tempted. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be as good as this
2: episode is Hannah Hart, who is also one of my favorite people. Definition of delightful. She's a definition of brilliant. She is one of the most brilliant. And uh, I mean, I just on a friend level, I adore her for a million reasons. And also on a professional level, I think she's so brilliant and funny. And, and what she's built is really amazing. And uh, My Drunk Kitchen. And then uh, we're also doing a thing with her at BBC America called The Doctor's Finest, which is a, a series of... Kind of, like, wraparounds for some of the oh, cool. like, fan favorite Doctor episodes, like you know, Blink. And so, oh, she, right she came, she had people from the show on and and other celebrity fans, and basically, we and we at Nerdist produced it and, oh, and got to work with When her. is that coming? Uh, that comes on August 15th, Ooh, Kyle. Soon, yeah, very soon, considering today is the 12th that this is going up. So, uh, check that out at bbcamerica.com. You can follow Hannah Hart at harto on Twitter. And uh, yeah, please support everything she does. I adore her. Uh, But right now, here's episode number 716 with Hannah Hart.
1: Katie! Now entering nerdist.com.
3: studio? This is sort of a studio. studio.
2: I mean, it's a, it's a glorified room.
3: It's a beautiful room. Look at these <laughs> foam things. This is...
2: Yeah, yeah. Soundproofing makes it a studio. What is the essential quality of a studio that makes it a studio? I guess we broadcast things from here. They're... A
3: mini-fridge?
2: There's no mini-fridge. Fuck.
3: No, it's still a studio, though.
2: Okay, good. Thank you.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely.
2: Kyle, where's our mini-fridge? Oh, <laughs> uh, we yeah, should no have one of those. Yeah, no one can hear what you're saying, Kyle.
1: You put...
0: Yeah, I know. All right. We'll get a mini fridge in here. We should get a mini fridge We in were here. just talking about this outside. We were saying like, oh, it's so air conditioned. We just need air conditioning and PlayStation. You I guess play? we'll have to ask our boss. Oh, wait.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Get a mini fridge. <laughs> and then they slipped me a 20 for bringing up the mini fridge.
2: Oh, shit. it. I got you this guys.
3: This was a sponsor deal. No, My okay.
0: <laughs> got
2: real expensive. Got to pay everyone off. There's uh, a whole chain of conspiracy to mm-hmm. get this mini fridge in here. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: you, did i tell you guys about my mini fridge investment i made what uh, starting a mini fridge that's company. amazing Harto Yeah. Harto fridge yeah it's called it's actually called a mighty fridge but it's small
2: that's perfect thank you
3: yes i know
2: <laughs> you know do you ever say stuff like that and you're like wait a minute that's not a bad idea like how many joke ideas yeah have actually become real ideas well
3: i just really want an actual refrigerator that Put seltzer water out, like a soda stream, inside of a refrigerator? Why don't they do that? Why doesn't that exist? There has to be. I mean, I have a fancy fridge. It makes crushed ice. That is...
2: (laughs) How often do you need crushed ice?
3: All the time.
2: But don't you need seltzer water more? Way more. (laughs) I feel like there's got to be a way to have a fridge with some sort of a compression unit (laughs) or something that takes... From your water line. I've already thought of how it
3: works. You put the canister in the door. (laughs) So when you open the door, it has like a little thing that comes out and you just hit it from inside the door and goes there because it's like you can fill up the water canister and the gas.
2: Okay, but let me ask you this: If you find yourself somewhere in your house uh, doing a 1930s comedy sketch, do you have to drag the person up to your refrigerator to yes. open the door and shoot them <laughs> with this? Yeah. I'm sorry, this is just how it has to be. Would you mind standing in front of his door? Sorry, could while you I come this
3: way and open the? Are you hungry? Incidentally, yeah. no. Okay, great. Excuse
2: me, elderly <laughs> widow. Would you please <laughs> take your place in front of my refrigerator? Oh,
3: the 1930s, grim.
0: Very grim. Very, Very grim. grim. <laughs> Uh, get to the factory, you kids. Yeah. <laughs> At least make the most of it and have like a spring-loaded pie that shoots out. So you just get both in one. In bridge. one, one mm-hmm. side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, are you hitting someone? Are you with- hitting
3: the orphan or are you hitting the widow? I mean, oh. whoever
0: opens the
2: door, I guess. Mm. Okay, well, I, I mean, I think Hannah's asking just for a like, because
0: you'd have to, you'd have to load the I pie bring... lower for the child.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and it's also like a subtle like litmus test for your evilness. I'm like, what <laughs> I do you for choose? sure
0: thought orphan. I want you to know. So that's on fine. The I would choose test. orphan
3: over widow. <laughs> widows like orphans got a lot to live through. Like yeah. orphans got a ways to go. Life
2: experience. Widow... Yeah, but the widow's already like been way kicked way down,
3: mm.
0: right? She's a widow in the 1930s. Fair point.
3: The... I'm switching team widow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to kick the orphan he's down because I already made him look through my telescope so he's a black circle around his eye
2: oh, oh. yeah
0: and then you force him to make that cake with the shoe in it yeah
2: <laughs> yeah is felt like whenever is that so, a when, thing isn't that like a little Rascals thing or like <laughs> a three stooges thing like they would bake something but then they were such terrible bakers that it was like there was a shoe in
0: there and then uh, but, and I then feel explosives. like you combining like lady coming out of a cake with fishing and getting a boot I, I was don't thinking think so
3: get escaping from prison by getting a cake with, like, a, you know, file in it, right? Just a weird, uh,
2: misshapen cake. a
3: yeah, file cake. You know,
2: if you sent someone a cake... That was that. The cake was shaped like a file. Mm-hmm. They would never think
0: to look inside. We're like, well, mm. that's just too. No,
3: nobody's just too, too on the this, nose. Please.
0: The ballsiest spouse I've ever seen. Yeah, can search this cake. Please go ahead and eat your cake. Where'd he go? <laughs> it's that
2: instantaneous. All you need is. Oh, yeah, because a file would get you right out of prison. Right out of
3: prison, especially. Well, now they've invented like prisons with doors, so people are screwed. They can't get out. I mean, it's only a
2: matter of time before they just start chipping people. Yeah. So that they can just fucking. <laughs> load up there, find my friends on their iPhone, and go. Oh yeah, those uh, those guys in New York. Uh, they're they're at this uh, Circle K.
3: I, I think they already have. Oh. I mean, you know, if we have so much <laughs> never mind. I was gonna say if there's so much unnecessary male circumcision, how do we know that people aren't just getting microchips? Male circumcision's very necessary. I don't know. I he heard says men. to justify his own circumcision.
2: <laughs> well I didn't just do it.
3: I didn't do it.
2: <laughs> you neither had nor performed one.
3: <laughs> I like that you, For you took the that record as being accused. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. Look, how many times do I have to tell you?
2: Hannah, we're here to discuss why you circumcised me. Now, <laughs> It was years before you were born, but I still want to know how you went back in time and circumcised me as a baby. I had
3: one opportunity for time travel. (laughs) (laughs) You blew it! That is what I chose to do.
2: (laughs) But but because of the butterfly effect, it actually prevented a new
0: form of... Nazis. Mm, yeah. Oh, the, oh yes, the cock Nazis. The cock Nazis. Yep. You the coxies. The coxies.
3: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: In their but
3: all in that one day's work.
0: <laughs> the kind of heroism that'll never go documented. Mm-hmm. You've been traveling, you travel, I feel like you travel as much as
2: I do. It feels like you do, according to your Instagram feed. I,
3: yeah, I do, and I think it's for much less reward. I <laughs> been <No. laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, I just like the fact that you're here the podcast, I'm like, oh, Hannah's in town. That's crazy.
3: Hannah's here. Yeah, I was in. I was actually in Cannes uh, in France last week.
2: Well, how was France? From- it
3: was great, except Cannes uh, left me very, like... I mean, I'll just be very blunt about it. Can left me very canstipated Uh because of the French cuisine. Sure, I have a little California diet. I need some rice. I need some green tea. I was over there. It was nothing but dairy and meat and bread, and it was a disaster.
2: Just snails and butter.
3: Just snails and butter. (laughs)
2: Just baguettes and cheese. And by day four,
3: I was like, I was like, "Are you hungry?" I'm like, "No." (laughs) I'll never. I'm still (laughs) processing.
2: I'm still processing. Two nights ago, I'm
3: never gonna be hungry again. (laughs) It's like, yes, I am. <laughs> so um, anyway, but France was great, beautiful. Can, can,
2: can we just can we just side? Can we just sidetrack for a little bit? Yeah. yeah. You never, you know, uh, my my dad always used to say this thing. Then when my dad got older, he would say this thing like, ah, "Any day you can take a shit, it's a good day." And I think that his messaging was like, "Don't take for granted the fact that you can just go to the bathroom whenever you feel like it." As yeah. it until you know, like you travel or you get a weird French diet, and then it goes away for a couple days, and it's like that friend that you took for granted for so long, you're like oh, my God, there's a reason we do this, and it's really
3: important. Yeah, it's very important. It's very, very important. And But also, I think it's like never take a day for granted that all of your organs are functioning and doing their job. Yeah. You know? It's like any day you can take a shit is a good day.
2: It really is a good day. Yeah.
3: I learned that the second I got on the plane back, and that's when my body decided, like, yo, you're on an airplane? Would you like to poop everywhere? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> was this your inner monologue, or was this a that's, really that's high end stomach. airline yeah. who was offering? Bonjour, to... Air France. <laughs> would you like to
3: poop anywhere? Would you like to poop everywhere?
2: Everywhere you would like to go.
3: I don't know. The pressure unlocked something. What's... I was good. The day though.
0: That you poop 10 times a day is not also that great, though. There's a high low to it.
3: Yeah, there is yeah, a high yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: everything in moderation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Pooping, Pooping included. Pooping
0: included. Yeah,
2: everyone poops, but come on, guys. No, this is not all too poop. much.
3: Everybody yeah. poops. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> come yeah. on, guys. Be reasonable about, about this. About your poop life. Levels. <laughs> Pooping, please! But it was so bad that it like was everybody knew because it was just something that was like unavoidable because we were there for so long. We were there for like eight days, I think total. So by day four or five, my mood had dropped, and I had and I was there with friends. I mean, you know, Grace was there, and I was there with like my team. And I was like, guys, I gotta, I gotta be honest, with everybody, I'm running a little low on energy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good, though. It was bonding. Can you poop on planes? Yeah. I mean, I know physically you I can. mean, yeah. No, I usually don't run into this problem. In France, was the first time that like, I hit it like a brick wall that was inside my lower <laughs> intestine. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think it was just all like the butter and the cream and the everything. And like, you know, I didn't realize. Oh, on the last day, I actually went to Korean food that day. I got kimchi, and I got some rice, and I was like, come on, just anything. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, it was a real deal. I'm always worried that pooping
2: on a plane will be the time. That the plane
3: gets too heavy? That's right. No, no, no.
2: (laughs) That there'll be some type of weird air pocket. And then, you know, I'll be discovered unconscious <laughs> with my pants around my ankles and just a uh, just a Jackson Pollock-like d- pattern of shit up against the back of the toilet seat in the lavatory. <laughs>
3: I have to say that that fear did not occur to me. Okay. No. Well, let
0: me just infect you with my weird phobia. Thank now. you. So Thank you're, you. You're welcome. Never- Do you worry you're dead or that you wake up and then live with that as being that guy? Oh,
3: wake up and live.
0: L- wake <laughs> up and live would be way worse, I think, wouldn't it? I don't know, because at least then you can explain yourself. Versus if you die, they're just like, yeah, he just, just started pooping. And yeah, but Chris would never day. know that. I wouldn't know that if I was dead. He, I, he would he,
3: think he went out in a blaze of glory. Everybody else died, too. <laughs> 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 it was just him.
2: That's weird. In this weird afterlife waiting room that uh, <laughs> defies every construct I have of the afterlife, I, there must be other people from the plane.
3: Why is everybody talking about the plane? What miracle? What is no. this? That's weird. No. No. It was, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh, just, just some magazines. You want? <laughs> There's an old Highlights magazine.
3: It's already filled in. I loved Highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It was great. It was great. But I feel like I only ever saw it at the dentist's office.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right.
2: Were there other places where you could get Highlights magazine, or was it just a way to trick kids into...
3: Being at the dentist. Yeah. Yeah, it was really just written by one dentist. It was a Highlights <laughs> Hi, guys. I don't remember anything about it except for the matching... Like trying to find six, you know, six in different bubble bars. Yeah, that makes sense. It did. Yeah,
2: it ultimately would fuel our spot
3: the difference pictures.
2: It would, it would ultimately fuel our our desire to play those weird bar console games where they did that with like t- naked images of people. <laughs> spot the difference. Do you know what I'm talking what about, Kyle? Talking about. Right, I good. don't
3: know what you guys are talking about. Well, there
2: are these little like cons. They look like old computer terminals, and they're touch screens, mm. and they put them at bars, and it's sort of like. Which of these two pictures, like what's different about these two pictures, but it's like some really bad 1984 like Playboy? Oh my God. Little differences.
3: (gasps) Oh, do you know Playboy reached out to me? To do what? To do a digital stars uh, photo spread for Playboy.com.
2: Are you going to get nude in it?
3: No. I am not going to do it. Not going, not to, not do going it. to do it. Not going no. to do it. I support, I am very uh, pro empowerment. If everybody wants to do it, great, 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 great. Um, go Playboy. Everything's great. It's not for me personally. Yeah. As a personal Hear choice. me out.
0: I hey, would award bring- Playgirl to the Epic Mealtime Guys.
3: Oh. Yeah, ha- I, would
2: Harley show his dog in a Playgirl? We show hmm. his
3: dog. Oh, his dog. dog.
0: Yeah, which he calls his dog. <laughs>
3: yeah, he calls his dog. The dog. Would Harley? Hard to say. Just
0: all of them naked, but high five. I feel like they would do it if it was funny. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I think Josh would do it just in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's uh, he's a chef guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's yeah. Just photos prepared.
3: Yeah, he's like, oh, what is today the day? <laughs> oh, today is my day. <laughs>
2: Hey, I have, a, I have a quasi-serious question to ask you because you said – well, you know, of course, I, I support people if they want to post-nude for empowerment and everything. Which – do you feel like sometimes that the ideas of empowerment are subjective and that it's it gets very sort of – Blurry? Pixely where it's like, well, this is empowerment, but that's not empowerment. But if this person makes the choice, it's empowerment. But if you feel – if they feel like they were pressured and then into making a choice, that's not empowerment. Like how do we – Is there a a unified theory on this yet?
3: No, because... I mean, like, there might be a unified theory, but here's my, like, personal opinion, which is that empowerment is having the ability to choose whatever it is you want to do. So Mm -hmm. if you want to be naked, it's about the fact you want to be naked. There is no, like... This direction, that's still disempowering to think like, oh, are they feeling pressured into feeling empowered this way? That motion right there, this is the disempowering motion because then it implies that this external pressure is still making their decisions. Yeah. You know? So it's just like – it's just a blank slate. It's like people choose what they want to do with themselves, their bodies, their times – and that's as simple as it is. Yeah. That would be true empowerment. How
2: do you still stay so upbeat when the internet can be such a dark and horrible place? And as many of us, we, our lives and careers are so interwoven into the fabric of this. Uh, darkness. Darkness. <laughs> of the dark web.
3: Of the dark, deep dark web. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because I get asked about how do I stay positive positive so often or how do I stay optimistic and uh, I just posted a video on Tuesday where I just talked about like how I'm like a super insecure person like and that was actually kind of surprising to myself like I think because I'm always asked about positivity and like optimism and stuff I know that I'm kind of by nature like a negative person or like a pragmat like a realist to like oh I just I I, am I'm always looking out for the other shoe to drop But I am consciously aware of that, so I can consciously choose to be optimistic. Like, it's not natural. It's not innate. It's a choice I make every day.
2: God, I love hearing you say that because I honestly feel like I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Where people are like, how come you're so upbeat? And I'm like, you know, I feel like... You
3: could be too, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's sort of thing of like, no,
2: I get very hard on myself and I get depressed about things and I have have struggles with my ego and I get sad for dumb reasons or I get extra... You know, I wake up in the middle of the night and I get anxiety and, and I guess... I, just like you said, I'm so glad to hear you say that. It's like I feel like I have to make such an active choice in the opposite direction, and I also want to try to set an example for people of like, hey, it's not all great, but even if you feel shitty, you can choose to see the positive things, and sometimes yeah. you have to. Yeah,
3: that's why I call it. Um, I call it reckless optimism. And oh, it's, it's
2: such a great term.
3: Yeah, it's ah, it's the idea that like you can be totally aware of what circumstance is and what reality is and choose to be optimistic. Because I think people are a little – they like to brush off optimism with naivety because they don't want to make it seem like something they could do. It's like, oh, well, if we judge it, if we make – oh, you're just choosing to be positive because you're an idiot or you're being naive or like, don't you understand Or Or it's
2: less real or authentic in some way.
3: Yeah, you're like, no, no, I, I hear everything you're saying and, yes, that is my innate fear as well. Anyway, what you gonna do?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's in a lot of cases it actually requires much more effort to be positive in situations than to be negative in Because it's like
3: default. It's like it's of easy. Of course it's yeah. easy. To, it's
2: easy to turn things down and people say like, "Oh, you you know, I can't trust your opinion because you just like everything." And I'm like, "I it's not that I like everything. I just try to see the upside to as many things as possible. I try because, to find
3: something to be enthusiastic about. Yes,
2: because because the alternative is fucking depressing, <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. can't. I don't want to give into it because I would never Get leave up. my house. Yeah. I would be a, I would just be like a tightly wound ball of sadness and insecurity, and nothing means anything. And I don't. I've been that person, and I don't like that guy. Yeah,
3: yeah. On Tuesday, so this it's so funny that you bring this up because on Tuesday I posted. I'm insecure and you can too, Uh, (laughs) which wasn't what I was going to post. I was going to post this like video about like this like sex positive video about like what is good sex and like what makes good sex and what is like good partnership and do this very like, you know, closing out kind of video for pride. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I was in such a like kind of like insecure place. And I was like, you know what? I have to write about this revelation I've had in my life recently, which is that I always make this joke that confidence is a lie. And I didn't think I realized how really deeply true that was for me personally. Um, As somebody who's like super self-aware and everything like that, I realized that like I'm just kind of like an intake valve. Like I'm not really somebody who feels – I feel very strong about my beliefs and I feel very strongly about my values and I can defend my impressions of the world and my friends like so readily. But if I'm sitting across from you at a dinner table and I think that you've gotten at all upset, I'm just like a sponge and it, and I realized that that's just me being really insecure. So my promise to myself this year and the promise that like I was saying on the channel and just trying to share is like I'm going to try and feel more self-secure in the smaller rooms than the bigger rooms because in the big rooms I feel like great. Yeah. In, in the small rooms I need to practice feeling a little braver. I think
2: <clears throat> I think confidence the idea of confidence my theory about is that it's not someone saying like, "Oh, I'm I'm I know all the answers and I, I feel like confidence is the byproduct of feeling like you have options. Mm. Because when you have a lot of options you don't stress as much because you, you, you're very you're much more comfortable because you go, Well, I you mean know, I can I do this. I don't
3: do or, oh, it doesn't work out. I can this. I always this. got
2: this. And I think yeah. that's what confidence is. So when you see you know, like when you meet people who radiate confidence, I feel like, oh, they're se- they're secure because they know they have options. Yeah. You're not too many options. I think too many options become stressful and they're diminishing returns. <laughs> but I do think that feeling comfortable in a situation because you know you will survive without it, I think insecurity comes from that place of, uh, and then I die. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah <laughs> and, and then and this then is th- going to kill and me. And then this is it. And, and then and I'm abandoned. Yeah, oh, and, and then no one loves And me. now I'm alone. Yeah, um, exactly. It was funny because I was asking uh, – Uh, someone I work with, like my first team member that I hired. And I was saying, I really want adults to watch this video. And I'm worried that if I call it, I'm insecure and you can too, you know, because there's such like a, you know, influx of all these like really popular like vloggers and stuff like that. My adult followers are going to think that I'm making just some self-serving vlog. She goes, well, why don't you just be a little brave, and just post what you think it should be titled and don't worry about it. Like effectively telling me not to feel insecure about calling it. I've been secure. Right. And I was like, right, right, got it. <laughs> and so I posted it. And that video got so – I got so many responses from people in their 30s talking about how they – Like just being like, it was really nice to see this from someone who I see as like, oh look, they got it. Look, they they're living their dream, they get it all figured out. And to hear that you and I have the exact same fear. And it's like that's true. Like at the end of the day, we all sit at a dinner table or we have a conversation with a friend, we're all just still people, regardless of if one of us is living this, you know, fabulous career, et cetera, et cetera. I got this letter from this guy in Texas who was like this 30-something guy who works as a forester or something like that. And it was so long. And it was so heartfelt, and I don't really want to disclose any of his personal information, but basically talking about how he's built up this, like, wall around himself and all of his friends, everybody, like, he's classically thought of as, like, the dick, like, that dick guy, like, that sarcastic, kind of bitchy guy, like, that's his M.O., and how he knows it's not true, but he spent his life being that guy – he doesn't know how to break away from it. And he's like, if I walk up to my friends and tell them like that's not my real self, I'm just being that asshole cuz I'm insecure, he's afraid they're just not going to believe him. And I was like, and so I've been thinking about this letter since Tuesday or this email, um, and I've been like, how am I I want to reply? If I don't I have no idea what I would say.
2: What do you say? I mean, I guess ultimately
3: if your friends don't believe you, they're di- they're the dicks.
2: <laughs> well, I know. And and of course it's and of course because he's very emotionally invested in that friend circle. I mean, I I think Part of it is maybe sitting down with one person at a time and saying, hey, you know, um, I was really scared. This is who I am. And if they reject you, is it not – I mean I say this is very simple for me because I'm not emotionally invested in it because it's not – you know what I mean? Like it's easy to give advice because you're not – In it. You don't have anything really at stake. But my feeling is isn't it better to be honest with your friends about who you are so that your relationship isn't – uh, and, uh, a, a, a dishon- I mean, a dishonest is a strong word. It's not that he's lying to them. It's no. just they're perceiving him as being something else. And wouldn't it be better for him? I mean, and of course, I imagine, you know, that there are strong parallels to being able to come out to to your friends or your family. and Will oh, they still totally. accept me? Will they still think of me as the same person?
3: Totally. But we talk so much about, like, coming out and stuff. Like, think about how fascinating that this – it is that this guy wants to come out as being vulnerable. vulnerable come out yeah. as being like, you know what? this negativity this asshole attitude that like i you guys all see me with like it's really toxic for me on the inside and it's like myself that i manifest that i don't want to be anymore like i would rather just have a little encouragement and not be my negative asshole that's the guy that's always being sarcastic self and it's just like oh god like that's that's hard you're kind of like he's trapped in a false identity
2: i have kind of a strange idea and it and, and- let's call him <laughs> <laughs> you're on live a podcast. It's yeah, on a it's live really,
3: podcast. It's not really live. The people here
2: were alive for recording. <laughs> so I have a, I have, a strange, I have a strange idea, and it might and, and uh, but maybe it's an offensive idea. I don't know. Um, but just hearing you say that, and and hearing about the idea of someone coming out as vulnerable, you know, do you envision a world where when we have like when there is a when there is a Pride Day that it's not solely about the gay community, but in terms of like it's about coming out as your authentic self. So that you have pride in who you are, and maybe that's you're gay, and you want to you want people to know that this is who you are, or you're vulnerable, or you like you know, or this is like basically that pride is really the coming out of authenticity mm-hmm. rather than just being about one about you know b- about about one section of of our of our humanity.
3: I have one hundred percent thought about that because um, you think about like. Wow, wouldn't it be so awesome if coming out, like, if there was a coming out day? Because there is a national coming out day. But a national coming out day could be a day where everybody understood that somebody might come up to you and say, like, some deeper truth that they have about themselves that they don't feel like they could have always shared. Like, what if somebody comes out and is like, hey, guys, I believe in God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, think about that. Like, Or, like, people are like, hey, guys, I don't. Or, like, you know, like, there was the ability to just have a day where it's okay for you to take that extra step in allowing people to know you. Because you don't get your chance to live you unless you are out there. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. It should just be self-pride day. (laughs)
2: <laughs> there, i mean that would be a really wonderful
3: what a fun day a
2: safe day and we could sa- still
3: have rainbows
2: we could still have rainbows ah,
3: yeah because the rainbow's great why but, not but just as long as
2: just as long as large swaths of the gay community didn't feel like they were having it co-opted uh, by yeah it.
3: no it definitely would feel that way it never would actually happen <laughs> however i'm sure i'm sure somewhere somehow maybe there could be like a pride two day or like a proud to be you day or an or like,
2: authenticity like just an authenticity day or, or like, an
3: honesty like, day or something nice oh
2: no you know it shouldn't be called the honesty day because, because a lot of fucking dickheads use the term honesty as a way to just be shitty to people and go, "Hey, well, you fucking can't handle honesty?" You know? Oh my god. I mean, that's just sort of like Right. That's part of that's part of like Oh, I'm
3: sorry. I think you you mean tactlessness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you mean I'm being so rude. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're not funny and you suck and I hate everything about you and you're a piece of shit and your parents are awful people. I'm just honest. (laughs) All I said was, hello. All
3: I said (laughs) was, you're an asshole. (laughs) Oh, my God. All I said was, you're just a piece of shit. Yeah. I
2: really really am trying to be more aware of how I am in terms of how I present myself and ideas because I see a lot of shortcomings where – people present ideas in an aggressive way and then when it comes back at them, they're like, what,
3: what, what? Mm -hmm. I thought there was free speech. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: like, well, there is. You're not going to get arrested.
3: I thought there was
0: free speech. You're not
2: going to get arrested. You can say whatever you want, but just know that if you come at people aggressively, there's, there are, these are the consequences. People might come back at you aggressively. Yeah. And, but people, but, you know, we all speak the same words, but we don't all speak the same language because everyone has a different emotional language.
3: Oh, don't get me started on the five love languages, Chris. Oh my God. Uh, there are only five. There are five there's this like whole thing about these like five love languages, which is about how you give and receive love in the best way. You should really take this quiz. I took okay. it recently. It's very good. All right. Um I'm and- not afraid. It's it's really good and it basically helps you understand like you and your partner might be able to communicate in like so many different ways but in terms of like that deep feeling of feeling loved, there's specific things, there's specific languages people speak and the five languages are um, quality time, like some people really need to just spend one-on-one time. Acts of service, that's me, which is, like, help, which is, like, can you do the dishes if I'm stressed out, if I came home and, like, the laundry was done, or if you, like, picked up the mail when I had thought I had to pick up the mail. Like, acts of service is just, like, moving along in life. Um, Gifts, uh, some people feel really loved when it's, like, hey, I thought about you while you weren't around and I got you this gift. Um, Touch, which is just, like, some people are, like, sit with me in total silence and just give me a hug and that's all I need. I don't need feedback. I don't need questions. I just need touch. And then the fifth one is... Um, bah, 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 um, words of affirmation and that's being told like, you are good. I appreciate you. I am proud of you. I love you. Like hearing it with their words.
2: So do you have to sit down with your partner and go, which one are you?
3: Well, you basically sit down and take the test and once, cause I didn't know I was acts of service. If I had to say, I would think I was words. It was my lowest. Like if I had to think, oh, there are five, I'm this one. So, but then by the time I was done taking the test, I was like, oh, acts of service. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, actually, the words don't really land with me, you know? (laughs) Um, So you take it and then your partner or whoever takes it. It's just a good thing to take in life because then after you know it, you can be like, hey, I know we communicate and process all the time. But what would really help me out is if when I came home, like, you tidied. Right. Turns out, you know what I mean? Or, like, you helped me out on this project I keep talking about. Like, maybe if you gave me feedback, that would help. Like, you know what I mean? Like, being able to understand how to express your needs in the right way
2: yeah i have a friend who was who was dating someone for a while and he um he felt that he felt uh that on that there was a, a, a disconnect with how their affection was being expressed between one another and one day he, he just said to this woman that he was dating like you know you never really ex- seem you know it doesn't seem like you want me here you know and she was like I let you stay at my place, don't I? And like in in her so her her version of love was and, and of course he wouldn't know that because he doesn't know what her internal language mm-hmm. is, that her even allowing him to be in her private space yeah. was an expression of love. And but he what he was sort of looking for was like, hey, I love you. I really you know and and, and neither one of them were right or wrong. That's just how they express it. You know, they're not together anymore. Yeah, but it's, it it kind of sounded like, oh, well, maybe they maybe they need to find people that are a little more complimentary.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just really valuable. Like, it's just really valuable to know like what'll make you like. Feel loved because you can talk in circles and talk in circles. Like um, I started dating this girl, and like we had both taken. And I asked her, I was like, "So if you're ever like, you know, because like I'm gay and I love to process. I'm just actually let me redact that and say I love to process. I'm a huge communicator, and I like need to talk about things all the time, especially at the beginning of like a new relationship. So I said like, when you're sad or get stressed out about something, because she has like a super busy career too. Um, How do you want – like if you're talking about something that's stressing you out, like do you want me to ask questions? Do you want me to give ideas? Like what's the best way to listen to you? Because inevitably you're going to get sad and stressed out over the course of our time together. She's like, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, And she told me just to listen, which is not – like I would totally be like here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. But since she knows herself well enough to be like, I just need you to listen because I've got a thousand ideas about it too. I'd be like, great, uh, 100% and she's like "Well, what do you need?" And I'm like, "Oh, suggestions. Talk at me." <laughs> but like imagine cuz she would have been speaking her language to me of silence, and I would have been speaking my language to her, and we wouldn't have been connecting.
2: Yeah, because we you know, there's this I think this kind of fallacious idea that our um that we have in our own heads of that that the way that we do things are universal. And so when other people when there's a when there's a a disc there, there's a bit of dissonance from someone else, and we're like, oh, how come you did – that means this. Like, well, no, that means that to you. Yeah,
3: exactly. But that doesn't
2: mean that to them.
3: Which all relates back to the asshole or, like, back to the person who can say all these things about you. Because if maybe if they behave that way, they would feel like they were being very, like, oh, well, that's not – that wouldn't be honest for me. And it's like, well, just because it's not honest for you doesn't mean it's not honest for me. You have to trust that I'm doing me, yeah. you know? But, yeah, it was really good to know because, like – I am such a talker that if I'm talking to someone and they wish I wasn't talking, I wouldn't know. I'd be like, <laughs> you know what else I think? Also, I was thinking about that thing you said the other day, and I think this now about it. Doesn't you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've dated. I've, I remember I dated someone once who, where I tried to do the whole like, okay, let's map out how we, you know, like I tried to do this very. i, you know, I was like, well, this is a very pragmatic approach so that we can and I completely
3: optimize relationship. Completely
2: turned her off. She was like, I just want to live like in the mo Like I don't want to. That's not sexy, you know, yeah. like having to – The, the like, thing
3: is, Chris, is that that's sexy for you. I mean that's sexy for me. The fact that we had such a good structured conversation about it made me feel like, man, this could really work. Like if she was like, oh, I never thought about it. I don't know. I'd be like, hmm, I see.
2: I feel like for me it was just – I see it as more of a way to avoid – it's almost like, you know, each, re- each relationship is sort of like Groundhog Day where it's like you make a note and go, ah, ah. okay, uh, don't try to overstructure things. So the next time, you know, when you replay the situation again, but with someone else, you can be like, okay, but you shouldn't do that because each situation, I mean, you should learn from your past mistakes and you should try to be more self aware. But it's but, not
3: actually Groundhog Day. It would be like Groundhog Day in a different city. Yes, because it's not, each,
2: everyone's different. So trying to apply the same filter to someone new, it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm, not that simple. No, of course it's not that simple. Everyone's We're all snowflakes.
3: We're all snowflakes. i are also like I do am a snowflake.
2: You are, but you, but I, you know, because I told you the last time you did at midnight, and by the way, you fucking crushed so hard. When it was you, a when fun one. On I liked it. I and and I texted you. Know, I hope it wasn't creepy. I said I have such a friend crush on you, because you, you know, we. The first time I met you, like I instantly was like, "Oh my god, I really like this person. She's super cool and funny," and you know, and and uh, I
3: am, by the way, incidentally for you listeners, <laughs> of you. super cool and Be funny friends <laughs> with Hannah.
2: And then also, you know, because you're so introspective and you know, and and therapied, uh, you know, I went through a really rough time last year, and you were there. You were there for me with really great advice and so selfless. And even though we didn't know each other that well, you. You provided comfort, and I and I and I broke down crying in front of you once, and I didn't know you that well, and I still think like, oh, I don't know, was it weird that I did that because I just I just felt safe and I needed someone, and you were there for me, and it was so selfless and wonderful.
3: It's a good moment, yeah. No, I don't think it's you know I think it's like my thing that I've learned to myself in the like la- latter years or these late these recent years of my life is that um, to be more selective of the kind of people that you open up, like, your heart to and are like, I'll be there for you. Because it's like, you're a good dude. Like, yeah, I'll be there for you in this moment. Cool. Because I've been there for the wrong people in my life before and then it just leaves you feeling, like, so drained. You know what I mean? Yeah. But your job as an adult is to be like, okay, like, what are, you know – if my superpower is putting, you know, time and thought into organizing somebody's birthday party, like as silly as that sounds as a superpower, like there are people that are really good at throwing parties, right? I'm not one of them, but like throwing birthday parties for the right people who are going to be like appreciative or benefit from it. Like that's, that's the thing you have to learn to hone, you know? Anyway. So yeah, I'm just glad I could have been there.
2: No, I appreciate it. And, and I also, I always kind of feel bad because I feel like, you know, I don't, I never wanted you to think that our friendship was contingent upon, like, I'm having a problem now and I need it, you know, I just need, because, you, you know.
3: No, it's contingent on decaf coffee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we both, like, both of our schedules are equally shitty. And I mean, like, it's good because we're doing things that we love doing. We're
3: all very grateful. We're very we're grateful. We're very, very <laughs>
2: grateful. Universe, I love I saying, don't point at me. I love the studio. please don't strike me down. I didn't
0: mean it about please, the studio. Please, I bridge. didn't mean it. I didn't mean it.
2: Uh, but it's, you know, disclaimer, disclaimer, but, uh, you know, we both get so busy and then we just, it, it's like my, I feel like my, um, sadly a lot of my friend relationships have been a little bit of a casualty of just working a lot of seven days a week, you know? And so, uh, yeah but
3: you're working a lot seven days a week right now and you know, like, that's cool, man. Like, this is just, it's just life.
2: But I just want you to, I just hope you understand that I always think so fondly of you and that I really, if you ever needed anything, I would be there. So I, I hope, I do hope you know that.
3: Well, I put in a request for a mini fridge <laughs> earlier today. God damn it, I'm not made of money.
2: <laughs> okay, a little bit.
3: Oh, this one, this one mini fridge. I'm not made
2: of mini fridges.
3: <laughs> You're not? No. How did you guys even get me into this room?
2: <laughs> but I do have, <laughs> I do have a seltzer dispenser. <gasps> Oh, that sounded gross, and it was not. (laughs) And it was not meant to sound gross.
3: (laughs) I do have a seltzer dispenser. I I do love. I do love bubbly. I do love sparkling water.
2: I drink so. I mean, you can see this empty bottle of sparkling water right here. Truly,
3: I mean, that's what reminded me of it.
2: It's so good. I know. I actually Googled one day. Can it harm you if you drink too Too
3: much? much Yeah, because I'm like, am I drinking carbon dioxide? Is that what I'm doing?
2: The the initial reports that I said on the uh, the two article deep dive that I took was like there was it's it's such a confirmation bias (laughs) because I just see like the one or two articles I'm like, okay, good, you know, got it. You know, if these articles had good enough SEO to be on the homepage, they're probably true.
3: Yeah, right? But then you see, like, I don't know. It really messes me up when I see, like, carbon dioxide will kill you. No, it won't. Yes, it will. No, it won't. And I'm like, so there are four articles. They each are on opposite sides. <laughs> everything's a lie. I
2: should just ignore it. <laughs> We're all going to die. Longer it doesn't matter. Die, I'm might as well matter. just drink your fucking... We
3: live in L.A. We breathe the air. It's just... <laughs> we mean, don't
2: think about it. We don't think about it. be a giant it. earthquake at any moment.
3: Yeah, everything's fine.
2: I got a I got a little earthquake notification day. I got a, I have a little quake feed a- Ooh, app on, on from the... from
3: USGS
2: on the watch. Yes, yes, and so it'll tell you. You can set the parameters. <laughs> you can set... <laughs> it G-
0: United States United States Geological oh, Society. I knew exactly what it was. I've never heard anyone ask that. Like, so enthusiastic. Is it the USGS? From USGS? Like, USGS? the official feed? I yeah.
2: mean, their
3: website's so shitty. I couldn't imagine they had an app. <laughs>
2: they have an app. And what's cool about it is that you can set the parameters. You can set regional parameters, and you can set magnitude parameters. God. So you will only... Like, I got a notification today that there was, a, there was an earthquake somewhere in, in the Southern California region that was... I, I have it set at 3.0 and above. Okay. Uh, it probably should go... I, you know, I should probably bump it up to 4, because a 3 is like a... whoa. Uh,
3: I thought you were going to say that you have it set for just like only like sixes and up globally. <laughs> and I'm like, so Chris, your watch is just like comic for you, Chris. Pacific room. Yeah,
2: getting closer. We're getting closer.
3: Have you seen San Andreas?
2: Uh, no, I've not seen that. I movie. haven't
3: seen it either, but uh, I know Grace and Grace and Chester went and saw it. They were saying that it was just like such a terrifying joy ride. Like it was just like the most ridiculous over the top thing, but it's like, you know, it's earthquakes but in Los Angeles.
2: What's fun about what's funny about that movie in particular is that I, I'm I read I read an article that debunked literally every turn of the the, the the geological activity in that and oh, so man. you know it was so it, it's it's funny to me about a movie like that is that they just wrote it and they were like you okay. know so, some movies you know go you know we need to get neil tyson in here we need to make sure that all the stars are accurate over this portion over this time and these people were like ah fuck it earthquakes
3: speaking of the stars i don't know when this comes out but whenever this is was now um jupiter and venus are in like super alignment Crazy. So I was driving the other night, and I was looking at the sky, and I saw, and the road. um, (laughs) I just made a little steering wheel motion. I was looking at the sky, and um, I was driving with this girl that I'm seeing, and I saw Venus was like super bright, but then right behind it was another super bright star. And she says, like, as I was just staring at it, she goes, I've never seen stars like that before. And we were both sitting there like, I've never seen star." And it was kind of weird because, you know, you, how rare that you see a pair of stars that you've never seen before in the sky. Anyway, so I went and looked it up. For the first time in 2,000 years, Jupiter and Venus are, like, behind each other. Right. And so it makes this, like, super massively bright star in the sky.
2: But they are planets.
3: I mean, yeah. But they're, you know, a star, but they're planets. <laughs> planets, planets, planets. I love that. Yes, I yes, lo- yes, I love that.
2: I mean, a star, but they're yes, planets. Yeah, planets, obviously planets. Yeah. Now, does it? Is it? Uh, does it mean anything? Just not knowing anything about astrology, does that mean something astrologically? Or- I don't
3: know. Venus is like love, and like Jupiter is like Sagittarius, right? Uh, uh, I'm not a doctor. That, don't do- <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be an amazing thing to say in any situation, no matter what was being asked.
3: I'm not a doctor.
2: Um, yeah, my car won't start. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And just run away.
3: Exactly. Do you want mustard with that? I'm, I'm not, not a doctor. doctor. <laughs> I'm just, but yes, I would like mustard. <laughs> for now and for forever. Actually, I'm a member of the monthly mustard club. I have way too many mustards. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah, National Mustard Club. I'm a member.
2: Oh, okay. So they went national then.
3: Yeah. It's big. It's a big deal. I get three mustards a month. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? From the National Mustard Museum. No. It's too many mustards. <laughs> I have too many mustards. Too
2: many mustards. My fri- too many the mustards. The door of my
3: fridge is mustard. <laughs>
2: that is um, excessive?
3: It's too much.
2: Was it worth it?
3: I've had a lot of good mustard. Okay, yeah. you,
2: Listen, uh, there's no podcast. Uh-oh. We just wanted to get together and Uh-oh. tell Uh-oh. you that uh, I knew Kyle it. locked the door. Uh, i knew this was coming you have a yellow problem <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> i've got spicy i've got sweet yeah there's too many mustards i've, I've been, a sweet spicy i have a sweet and spicy I do it. you have
2: a mustard with seeds in it so oh like...
3: you mean stone ground so yeah. many <laughs> I, have, I have a stone ground drawer how big the are fridge. these mustards too big, <laughs> too <laughs> it big. For it a probably should just be class. a packet, right? Yes, I agree. It makes me feel that National Mustard Museum also has too many mustards. First of all, three fucking
2: mustards a month. Are too you many. thirty-six mustards a year? How could anyone ever get through that? I
3: don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're meant to get through. I think you're just supposed to appreciate them or something. I don't know.
0: You could have a mustard cellar, like a oh, wine cellar. Wow. But for all your mustards? I don't even yeah. know how you're supposed to
3: keep mustard, but yeah. I
2: guess just in there. you you have to get a separate mustard fridge.
3: Like a mini fridge? Or
2: just start... <laughs> that's ours. That's ours.
3: A mustard mini fridge. That's... Uh, Too many mustards. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, because I just remember... I remember when when I was in grade school and going through like basic first aid training. It was like, and if someone ingests poison, make them drink a tall glass of mustard water to throw it up. Really? So that you would basically... Like, Is this grade school in the s-
3: 1930s? <laughs> Yes. Where do we get mustard water? And then
2: we threw a pie into an old lady's face cuz I was choking on the boot she put in the pie. <laughs> uh so it's the uh yeah I don't know it just it just said like if you if you, it's an excess of mustard in the water, and you chug it, then you will, you'll wow. throw it up. I don't. I'm not saying do that, anyone. Hold oh on, everybody. I don't Googled know I'm not saying
0: film it and send it to me. Do not <laughs> yeah. do that,
2: Kyle. Stop. I'm not doing it. I'm getting nope. other people. I know, to do but it. you
0: know what you're doing. M- yourself, massive mustard
3: doing. poisoning.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, don't
3: Start it at, no, it is started it. at this podcast. It is not
2: started at all. Yeah. This is not the mustard apocalypse. I don't give a <laughs> shit what you say. <laughs> All right, this is not the San Andreas of mustard. He was, the prophecy is fulfilling
3: the <laughs> fall very eyes. What a sad, lame prophecy. That's my prophecy? To be the start of the mustard apocalypse? God
2: damn it. Oh, man. You know, when I was growing up, they said there were going to be so many better prophecies that I could have, and I just go, oh, I got mustard? That's no fun. No. The seven mustard of the apocalypse.
3: I have so many more than seven.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: going to go home and count right now.
2: Is it something that when you're dating someone new uh, that you have to go listen? I'm going to pour mustard on you. E- to- <laughs> if you... If you I'm gonna, you're going to come over for the first time At some and point I'm gonna you're going to
3: you- go you... You're going to go get some green tea. Mm-hmm. You're going to look in the fridge. There's going to be a lot of mustard there. I want you to know that they're all very different from each other. <laughs> and no, I can't... Get rid of some.
2: I celebrate <laughs> diversity in a lot of ways. Yeah. First and foremost, mustard.
3: Mustard. Then
2: people, but definitely mustard. Yeah.
3: Well, Grace and Mamrie got it for me for my birthday. Uh, so in November, it's over. <laughs> so.
2: Unless they, read you're, gonna, you're gonna continue.
3: I. Oh God, I, you know I've actually already called and canceled. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. No one breaks up with the Mustard Museum.
3: They're still coming. <laughs> I canceled so long ago. That's mustard for you. I know. Jeez.
2: Maybe maybe the ketchup foundation should be trying to stock your yeah, fridge. Yeah, not
3: many kinds of ketchup. Sriracha, is that a ketchup? I feel like there's a Banana few... ketchup?
2: Ba- Where's banana ketchup?
3: It's like a... Yeah, it's like a form of ketchup. Yucky. Yucky. No like. Get no back like. to the mustard.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> We're having drop-off if this was a live show.
0: <laughs> there's so much more. <laughs>
3: banana ketchup. Ugh. I'm shutting down every laptop in the building. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> terrible.
2: <laughs> how's everything been going? How's 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 uh, MDK going? My
3: Drunk Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going great. Um, the channel itself is great. Um, YouTube.com slash Harto, for those of you who don't know.
2: I love seeing your guys' giant faces on giant Billboard. billboards.
3: So weird. So intense. Yeah. It's really weird to see your face. You and Gracie. Yeah. But big on like billboards and on the Mad Men. We had a commercial on Mad Men. Like we each separately had commercials on Mad Men. And mine came at like this moment that I was so not prepared for. So during like the series finale of Mad Men, there was a very touching moment of love confession between two characters no spoilers here and after that they go to commercial so i was just like all in a tizzy from that having happened and then the next image i saw was my own face
2: it was pete and harry crane right yes they finally (laughs) they finally yeah
3: oh my fanfic came true (laughs) pete harry slash yeah (laughs) that's so crazy I know, it's 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 crazy, it's wonderful. But like at the same time, it's like, you know, your knowledge of yourself is different from the like it's like that's me on a billboard, but like that billboard isn't me. You know what I mean? So it's like people are like, Wow, how does it feel? And it's like, I don't know, it's crazy. It's like a big billboard of your face. It feels exactly like that. If you saw it, you'd be like, That is my face.
2: But you can't really connect to it. No. No, it's weird.
3: Yeah. You know? I think it would feel different if it was like, for some reason I feel like if I like you know, if I was J.K. Rowling and I wrote Harry Potter or like if I had like created something and then like saw those characters come to life or like, you know what I mean? I think that is like, oh, my God, it's look, it's right there. Like, I feel like if there was like a yeah, I don't know it's just some some idea you had that got bigger. It's different. But that
2: idea is you. So it's like a characterization. It's like you're the author
3: and
0: the character. Right.
3: Exactly. But I am like I'm a person, not a concept. So it's like it doesn't. But if I if I had if I saw one of my concepts come to like fruition, I feel like that would be like,
2: whoa. But it did. A lot of them have actually.
3: Yeah, I know. It's like it's hard to explain. It's just like, you know, it's not like I created that. I guess that's tough. That's you a did, tough
2: thing. but I, you did create it because you started making videos by accident for and a then, friend, and then started. Yeah, and then you started figuring out. I mean, like you figure out what works. You have a conversation with your audience. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I think you know, for for lack of a better term, new media is is, is so you know it's because you you because that there's a direct connection to your audience and you're forming. This character and this characterization and this show is forming with your audience. It's yeah. not just like here's a bunch of stuff I made. Shut up and eat it.
3: It's it, yeah, exactly. It's interesting because I was thinking about AI recently and like how creative like the, the new media has created like, you know, we are like these beings that are processing so much information in so many different ways, and we're getting live feedback. And so it's, like, we take the live feedback and we think about it and we think about it and then we, like, change our results, you know? And I think that that's, like, what the goal of AI is, right? To, like, have it, like, bring in a bunch of different factors and come with, like, now it's inventing new creative solutions or it's inventing new creative ideas or whatever. It's got that, like, element of, like, creativity that we're trying to teach robots or whatever to do. Um, but I actually don't support AI at all, and I'm really terrified about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but so I'm just saying that that's what makes it different from traditional media in a lot of ways. So there is some really, like, great inventive traditional programming out there, like At Midnight, um, Talking Dead.
2: Thank you, yes. Just those two. Chat Midnight. Chat Chat Midnight. Midnight, And Cat Midnight. Cat
3: Midnight, Bat Midnight. Bat Um, (laughs) Midnight. (laughs) <laughs> hat Midnight, everyone! It's oh my god! Please do a Hat Midnight episode of At Midnight. Where everyone
2: just wears different everyone hats. Everyone has to wear a hat. It could be it could be like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where when the different hats land on their heads, they take on the persona. Oh my
3: god, that would be so funny!
2: And in each act, we just have different personas with different hats on. Yeah,
3: yeah, uh, and you you would just be 1930s that. widow the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Oh,
2: my husband has died here on the dawn of this great depression. <laughs>
3: anyway. Not anyway. so bad for me, I guess. I have all of his money. Ha, da, 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 da. Da, 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 da.
2: Oh, a pie in the face. Oh, I should have seen the seltzer coming, but I'm an old widow.
3: Well deserved.
2: Comedy Central gets weird time. after me. Yeah, yeah it does. It Man, does. I would totally love it. But But it's, you know, constantly trying to understand. I mean, it's such an interesting time to be any kind of a creator just in the way that you know uh, just to use earthquake metaphors just these tectonic plates of old and new media are smashing together and how it's going to shake out and how you know and and the truth is i you know i don't know i still believe strongly in television television does have reach it, it, the internet has theoretically more reach and in some ways it's stronger and some some ways it's weaker and and and, and i don't know like what's going to happen with networks i i honestly
3: i don't know i mean it's it, i guess it's like if you're it's 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 reach versus, like, niche or something like that because for me personally, I really don't want to get super big. I really don't. I like my community being a community of people that if I bumped into them in real life, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, great to meet you. Like, you seem nice. Like, I like having a small, smaller, dense community, and it's grown bigger and bigger and bigger, but I never want it to get, like, diluted you know, it's interesting because I was talking to my friend, John, John Green, who did, he's a, he's a leader of like the Nerdfighter communities and DFTBA. And oh, I and know massive. who John
2: Green is. I'm
3: explaining for people oh, okay, who don't. Gotcha, we're okay. on a podcast. All right. Case. No, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> we Chris were just, just like, we're just talking.
2: What are you talking about? I know, John. He's amazing. What is he's your thought? What are you telling me? You, get me that like microphone that. out of your face. I can't see you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, he was saying that, you know, they had an influx of a lot of new like subscribers and like members of the Nerdfighter community. Um after The Fault in Our Stars went, you know, massive all over the nation. And he goes, but then now is the time to, like, kind of separate, like, the we from the chaff, which is, like, if you don't want to watch eight videos about Ebola, well, this is what we do here. Like, I'm going to Africa with Bill Gates, and now this this is the content. And so it's, like, that's how I feel. Like, after this whole, like, massive campaign, you know, we have a lot of people coming to the channel they are, like, my drunk kitchen, I'm going to see this bitch get drunk. And it's, like, actually, today we're going to talk about insecurity. Right. You know, and it's like, that's what it is. That's the real heart of it. Um, so, yeah. But I, like- I feel
2: like the point is that you have to keep doing the stuff that you want to do and, you know, just hope that you – I mean, I guess not hope anything. Just Just hope that you can still be authentic to what you really want to talk about and not trying to chase – you know, cut to Hannah in like five years and she's in a, a levitating mansion of gold. Like, yeah. throw more
0: peasants on the fire <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to keep these laser quantum engines running. <laughs> Why are they running? I don't know where they're going. I don't ask questions. <laughs> I just put people in the fire. <laughs> Why do some power lasers? We
3: don't know. God, if that happens, just show me a picture of myself from college and be like this is you Hannah there's a picture of me from school like with Harry Potter Lord of the Rings posters and it's a me in my dorm room I'm wearing like my cow sweatshirt I've got like my genre posters behind me and I'm literally holding Nasonex in my hand <laughs> <laughs> And I never will forget that that is, that is me. I'm like, yeah, I'm enthusiastic. Sometimes I get too enthusiastic.
2: Hannah, you've forgotten who you are. Maybe you need a good hashtag TBT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. But, you know, I think it is sort of a – I mean, it's going fl- it fl- to fluctuate, you mm-hmm. know? It's like you're going to – you might get an influx of people who don't really care about who you are but thinks about something else. But they'll go away and then – But it'll bring with them a percentage of people who wouldn't have discovered you before. And, you know, it's important to
3: it's important to be open, but it's also important to stay focused. Yes. You know, and I think that, like, that's the danger of living in L.A. for somebody like me. It's like everybody wants you to just make yourself as open as possible and never be like, "Mm, sorry, guys. Here's like, like I wrote a mission statement you know, for the company, which is like, this is our mission statement, you know, as me and, um, you know, this like CEO I've hired to like help build heart into something. It's like, this is our mission statement. Like we can't forget, like, this is what we're doing. And it feels really good to like slowly build a team that's aligned to that.
2: Do you want to say what it is or do you want to keep it to yourself?
3: Um, basically effectively it's like, it's about like practicing reckless optimism mm-hmm. and it's about like, we are going to be like positive and humble and grounded and like try and be inclusive. Um, And look at the bright side while not ignoring the dark side, you know, like we're not going to not talk about issues that are happening in America, but we're going to try and present them as if it's not just sensational, like all this terrible shit happened, guys. Guess we're totally fucked. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, it's not. That's the that's the sort of clickbaity approach, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to I feel like. Solution, You know, like potential solutions or creating conversations or the, the better way to do that stuff. Like Bringing it up. Yeah.
3: Like, let's bring it up. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to tell you – like, I'm going to tell you what I think and I'm going to bring up some facts I read and everybody – you guys talk about it. Like, you know, like just being a place that – like, it's like presenting information, presenting my opinion because it's just my opinion. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to think um, and not ignoring real, you know, things that are happening in America. Yeah. And in the world.
2: And and so how is the company expressing itself now in terms of, like, do you have people do, – like, do you have sort of other people that, that also are working with you and kind of doing their own sort of Harto-style videos? I've
3: got one person so far. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're going to go from there. So we've got one person and a plan. And so fingers crossed.
2: Is it something that you want people to submit to or do you want is it people –
3: Maybe, but that's not set up here, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> blink, 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 blink. <laughs> Chris is like, move that microphone. What are you talking about? We're, sorry, me-
2: sorry, we're just having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how any of this works. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know because I, I don't know, you know, it, it's – I think there's a um, – just in terms of old media trying to trying to put the old media skin on new media. I mean, even just the concept of television ratings are are, are somewhat meaningless now because – Shows that, you know, that by traditional television measuring standards, like, you know, Mad Men was not like a hugely rated show. I mean, it, you know, it's like three million people, I guess, three, from what I'm to understand. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But from my understanding, it's like three to four million people, which is a modest number. But. The amount of cultural impact that show has far outweighs this very archaic way that a show like that is being measured by a small sampling of televisions that happened to be on at that time. Like, that's not... That does not measure, like, what the culture is – like, the culture is –
3: qualitative influence versus it's, like, quantitative influence. Like, oh, like, look. It's like Hannah's got X amount of subs, so her reach is this. Like, that must be what it is. So then why – even YouTube asked me this. Everybody's like – YouTube's like, why do so many people know about you? Like, why have so many people talked to us about you? Because you don't anywhere near have the same influence or reach by the numbers as so many other YouTubers. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. It's just numbers. Don't worry about it. Like, let's not focus on that.
2: Yeah. And and I think in in some cases, you know, the correct I, – I think the – you know, so, sometimes the, the danger of looking at the surface number is that you think that tells the whole story. But it doesn't because it doesn't tell you the, the, the three-dimensional part of that story, which is who are those people behind the numbers mm. and how engaged are they as human beings and – how many people are engaging with them and mm. i mean like it's it's much more like like right now it's like oh
3: yeah we haven't measured what is it and that's not the tipping point but what is it that talks about um like the different types of people uh like there are different types of
2: the t- that's the tipping, it's a tipping, t- tipping point yeah, yeah so it's like they're, like they're trying the, to measure the that mavens yeah, and, yeah, the yeah. Salesmen and the yeah. connectors yeah. and the yeah but i mean it's you know you can't you can't tell an entire story with one dot and i feel like that archaic way of and look just the way that media is done it costs money to create things someone's got to pay for that it's either going to be people subscribing to services or it's going to be sponsors But the sponsors are struggling because the numbers are confusing and so they don't know how to justify to their bosses who are typically older people and who fucking way don't understand. And
3: who way don't want to spend any of their money.
2: Exactly. Like, no, you know, I know it looks on paper like this thing is more – but, you know, like I would think that the podcast audience is a higher quality audience than, you know, three times the number of someone who watches like a late night show because those people – didn't and I think it comes with a level the level of investment, yeah, not monetary but emotional investment. They have to go out of their way to subscribe to a hardo channel, they have to get to know you. They, you know, like it's
3: a narrative. Like, I think, well, real quick to talk about a podcast, like the podcast audience, they're listeners and like listening. Like the people that are listening to podcasts are different from people that are watching a late night film. They put it
2: in their heads. We yeah. put we put podcasts in our heads to yeah. in, directly into our brains to
3: listen to it and think about it. And you're usually like driving or on the subway or taking a walk and you're like this is my me time and it's like it's like reading a book. It's like a private a private experience. Um but oh shoot, what was the thing I was going to say?
2: So videos subscribers uh, numbers qualitative narrative. narrative.
3: Narrative. Yeah, thank you dude. Um it's interesting because I feel like, let's cha- guess, yeah, just fucking so um, It's a longer narrative than just one video at a time, and that's something that we've tried to explain to uh, to brands who ask you know to work with us. It's like great, and they're like, well, let's just do like a tester video, you know, shill this thing to your audience. It doesn't blah, work blah, that blah. Way. I'm like, no, I won't. And they're like, we're going to give you this amount of money. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, why don't you want to do this? And it's like because it's not about your money. We
2: want you to make a viral video.
3: Oh god. Ugh. Oh god, you're, like, you're not talking to the right person. I yeah. don't make viral videos. I'm a community builder. I'm not a, like viral video content producer. I
2: have that conversation all the time with people because uh, you, we we we're constantly in situations where companies really want to figure it out. So we're like, what are we what do you think we could do? And it's like it's community building. It's community building. You have to – but you can't just build the community for gain. You can't
3: fake build a community. No,
2: and it's it's a slow, unsexy – and I mean sexy in the sense of like it doesn't happen overnight. It's right. not a flash of lightning. Like it's it's a slow process and it takes time. And thought. And it takes thought and you have to give a shit about the community. You should be a part of the community and you should give – You should you should replenish the community with things that don't serve you. You should be – you should just be – a voice in the community, and and that's how that's how it works. But it's not that's not as sexy as like uh, take a pill and then everything's great, or just yeah. just make this video about uh, about dragons and everyone will because people love dragons. Like they don't they cannot put that shit on a spreadsheet.
3: No, yeah, and they can't they can't sell it in a pitch meeting. You know, they're like, well, let's talk about. <clears throat> caring about what you're doing with your life which is what i do on my channel and like they're like well we don't want to i don't know if we're going to sell that
2: our product you know we're (laughs) concerned about the video where you talked about being insecure we don't want people to associate and they're like well
3: then you're not the right person yeah 100 percent. i love going into a room with people that are like trying to either buy you or sell you and they say something like oh my god i love the drunk the drunk cooking kitchen I love it. (laughs) Biggest fan. Oh, man. That episode where you made that.
2: mm. First of all, I love to get drunk, and I love to get drunk in my kitchen, and I love to get drunk every day, Yeah, and I get drunk a (laughs) lot and uh getting drunk is awesome and it's it really what resonates. keeps me alive and uh and i really really you know like that's
3: yeah.
0: that's the best
3: yeah somebody said to me once like well everybody's an alcoholic and i was like no <laughs> that's not true <laughs> it was just so awkward you could hear like a picture i like yeah but i mean like you know you know i'm like no i'm very i'm very vocal about alcoholism like on the show it's a it's a real thing like yeah, you know, We've
2: some people, and I say this as a recovering alcoholic, a lot of people can drink and it's not alcoholism. You
3: can even drink kind of regularly
2: and it's not alcoholism, you know, like it's not,
3: I don't know. So when somebody says, well, I've raised an alcoholic, you're like, not only are you diminishing the journey of people who have, like, Overcome and are in recovery, you are also diminishing your possible dependence on alcohol. <laughs> you know?
2: I mean, everyone falls asleep jerking off with an empty bottle of booze next to them, right? <laughs> everyone does it.
3: Every <laughs> lunch I Every... do. Oh, no. What? <laughs>
2: Every lunch. Everyone gets lunch drunk, huh?
3: Come on. Everyone. It's a quick and easy lunch drunk. And then
2: there's that hour when you come back where you gotta sleep it off a little bit. That's and then fine. you gotta drink right after work because you got a little too lunch drunk. I mean, everyone. <laughs> has this because our moms hate us my mom hates me wait a minute
3: so relatable so relatable oh man anyway could you sell this beer so (laughs) but don't talk about drinking in it
2: yeah and you know that's That's the
3: other crazy thing about alcohol brands they don't want anyone to think you get drunk off alcohol like i never i never work with alcohol brands because alcohol doesn't make you drunk
2: yeah, no, it's uh, it's
3: a cool, sexy thing. People
2: make you drunk. Yeah,
3: you get a better job. You're yeah. taller. You're you know, it's, stronger. It's, it's,
2: uh, it's I, I've a million times turned down alcohol brands, and I've always said like, yeah, I won't work because that to me. I mean, obviously, I know how it works, and we need sponsors to keep things going. And in general, I you know I'm I try to make sure that the sponsors that we involved with are, are things that I like, or things that I would engage in, or things that I would see. And that to me would feel like – so I don't feel like engaging with sponsors is selling out. I would feel like using alcohol as a sponsor would for me personally be selling out because it's – not drinking is such a part of who I am. Yeah. That it's like I don't have a problem with people drink but I just feel weird promoting it. Like yeah. that to me feels like – yeah. and I would feel like I'd be letting down the people who maybe chose to be sober. And like but now you're taking money from a booze company?
3: Yeah. And yeah. Really no, that's, and, that's a, and that's the right choice. You know?
2: But but then I also sometimes feel like I mean it's sort of like how I don't know anything about sports, but I kinda think maybe we should probably get someone to start writing about sports on nerdist because a lot of people do like it and it's not it's just not my thing, you know? But I know that that's not the same as making a lifestyle choice, like a conscious mm-hmm. lifestyle decision. No,
3: that's totally different. That's you recognize – seeing like a need in a, like in your community that maybe you don't feel the need for. But if you see a need that's there, like, well, I know a lot of people seem to like sports. Like I don't have a real personal interest yet. Why don't we get an expert and like talk to him about it and we'll just like figure out that approach. You know, I, I, I think that's still – that's still fair. What do they say? If you're an expert, hire a staff. If you, need, if you need an expert, hire an expert. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like you, what would be more false is for you to suddenly develop a, a fake enthusiasm for sports right that's like oh sports yeah i like sports what else do i like tell me
2: (laughs) please i'll do whatever you want i'm Uh, dancing over here i'm dancing dancing.
3: (laughs) touchdown yeah (laughs)
2: touchdown sports do you feel uh do you consider yourself successful
3: i feel very successful yeah i feel really good i'm very i'm i mean i'm happy and so like that is seems like the greatest success right like that's the goal yeah. Thanks, Scout. Oh, a dog. dog just sighed adorably. Uh, that's about the, that's about
2: as much as that dog will move in the <laughs> next like hour. It'll just sit there. That
3: dog feels successful. She's
2: so sweet. I just, <laughs> God damn it! I just I can't leave this room without just like just just mm-hmm. like smushing the dog's face and mm. trying to give it some love because she's just so. So, so cute. So sweet. That dog is just basically just like a, 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 a beanbag of love.
3: Yeah, a love bucket. A yeah.
2: bucket. Yeah. A, a bucket of love, which sounds like it could be gross.
3: Yeah, like a... The mind. <laughs> Wait, what? Mm-hmm. No, we're good. I Bye. don't know. I feel like I you were going to... Like, uh, it
2: sounded like you stopped yourself for a second. There. I
3: did, it, it was true. I don't I, know. Did, I did. don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, oh, are we... I don't know if we could talk about this. Can we talk about the Doctor Who stuff?
3: Oh, yeah, that's will that be out? When is this when is this coming out? Okay. So, it'll be long after Summer of Who?
2: It'll be long after Summer of long after Summer of Who the doctor Who special that you're uh doing and we're producing with you. <laughs> um It's going to be fi- it's uh, that's what it sucks It's like it's so uh, what am I Well, it'll already be out by then, but Anyway, congratulations. You did an amazing job on the special. It was oh, really Oh, thank to be you. It. it was
3: really great. <laughs> I thought I did an incredible job, too.
2: Have you been to Cardiff yet? <clears throat> no. <gasps> I have not. God. I want to just go. I just have want you? To go. No. What? I know.
3: Well, it's, you got, it's, well, you know, another promise I made myself this year was more travel. More travel for pleasure. For experience sake.
2: More pleasure. For pleasure. What types of pleasure travel are you going to? Oh, I
3: can't disclose that. <laughs> no, I want to go to Iceland. That's a goal that I've had for a long time. Reykjavik? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to go. You know, they, there's so many different things about Iceland, I can say. Um, but the invisible people... In Iceland Have you ever heard of this? What? All the people that live in Iceland Are just aware That there are these invisible people That also live in Iceland
2: What is that?
3: Just the ancient souls Just the invisible people it Is all Yeah That's, that's just all that. that is They live in caves and stuff You know Whatever Do you talk to them? I You know Or do you avoid I'm them? i going go and I'm going to find out <laughs>
2: Or do people get to blame the invisible people? Like,
3: God I damn, damn it. it! It was the invisible people, honey. Um,
2: someone else
3: got drunk and
2: threw <laughs> the invisible people threw up on that. your shoes.
3: Somebody did that. But no, I really want to go to Iceland. Um, I also really want to go uh, at some point to um, Cornwall, which mm. is like just like you know, craggy, like beautiful. Land. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go there. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. And are you going to – have you already made time for these? Because I feel like the only way to make that shit happen is you have to set aside time for I've,
3: it. I've, I've decided that at some point in September I will take a vacation. Actually, this was a really good thing is that the person that I recently hired, she looked at me and she – because I haven't really taken like a vacation like a week. You know what I mean? Like a week or two weeks or whatever that – um, since this got started because this feels like such a blessing. My life is so awesome and I get to do and make what I want that I've spent these like four years not taking a vacation. I've gone away for like two days but usually like in service of another person like, oh, I'll take them away for two days and that will be my vacation. Anyway, so uh, in September, I have to go on a real vacation for a week and I'm trying to figure out where because I partially want to go to Iceland but then um, I've also it's also been suggested to me I should go somewhere where I can just like relax.
2: Yeah, it's hard because... When you go to a place like Iceland, your inclination is going to be to go around as much as possible. And then I'm going to want
3: to share everything. If That's I'm a- going to Iceland, I'm going to want to be like, "Guys, I'm in Iceland."
2: Yeah, and then you're going to come back exhausted. My uh, my, my my advice to, my you, advice to you. you would know, be great if you could take 2 weeks off and then you could have a portion that was adventure and then like 8 days to not do anything. Yeah, Because it really it takes it takes when you when you run as hard as we do with work, it takes Four to six days to just completely shake it off and decompress mm-hmm. and then and then you can actually start relaxing. It's like there's still a few days where you're awake and then, like, I'm I, supposed to be somewhere. I just
3: don't know if I'm a beach person, though. I don't know. Like You don't
2: have to be a beach person. But
3: everybody says, like I feel like everybody's like, can you go to a beach? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm a beach That's person. That's their
2: version of what a vacation is. You could just go to a small town somewhere where there's actually not a lot to do, which just forces you to do the same thing. But you don't have to sit on a beach. Like, I
3: just want to go somewhere and, like, kind of, like, live a different life for, like, a week and a half and, like, milk a cow or something, you know? Y- yes. I don't know. Like... I think that that would be kind of nice or just, like, you know, like, be in, like, a countryside and, like, have it be, like, kind of cold and I could read books and just kind of, like, cook and just, like, not worry or, like, live in L.A. where it's hot all Do the time. Do you plan
2: on going alone?
3: Mm-mm. I'm probably going to bring a little thumb butter. I'm going to bring a thumb butter. I can't help it. Share and share alike. <laughs> I mean, too.
2: It's good. Like, I don't know if I – the last time I went somewhere on my own – well, I go a lot of places. I go a lot of places on my own, Okay. You okay. Last time I went on a vacation on my own was 2001. I just went to London.
3: Well, I did that. Um, I had a, like kind of like a little bit of like a quarter-life crisis. Or, like, I had like a real like kind of meltdown about this like other relationship that was ending. And I went to London for a week. And I just like left and I went to London for a week. I just booked a ticket and I told everybody on the flight, like, hi, I'm leaving town for a week. Um, and that wasn't really a vacation because I was in the midst of like a little bit of a crisis. And yes. I was also on a deadline for something. And so I needed to go to finish um, my second book proposal. Shit. And so I just went and I was like, ah, but that was really lovely. I had a great week.
2: Why do you think you work so hard?
3: I just feel like there's this tiny file within me. Why do I think I work so hard? Um, because it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like like, because I'm lucky enough to work so hard on things that I care about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I care, I guess, would be the answer, because it's like I think about it. It's like if I was a cog in a machine that I didn't support, would I work very hard? Probably not. I would never define myself as a hard worker, but I think that I am very enthusiastic about what I do.
2: Can you um, can you shed some of that uh, that uh, the positivity, the reckless positivity, reckless optimism, Re- reckless optimism on um, so uh, the day the Supreme Court made the ruling on gay marriage i posted uh i posted on instagram that you know as a lot of people did nerds logo with the rainbow colors and a little equal sign in the middle and um I, I wasn't doing it to so people would congratulate me or like look how evolved i was like i was genuinely happy and i just wanted, to just like oh this is you know small little digital way i can show support yeah. and uh literally within like three comments Oh, and follow. And then people got so fu- – and it was like a thousand comments of people just arguing with each other. And it, it, I was so upset. What I were, mean I started blocking. I just started fucking blocking. What
3: were they people. arguing about?
2: One one kid said he was just on Jesus' side, which I which the, the ignorance of that comment was so upsetting because it was like, you don't even understand what you're saying. Yeah. You don't even fucking understand. And I start, I, like I had to walk away from it. I'd li- I had to walk away. As right, because,
3: you know, Jesus would not at all want all people, people to be People to loved love each
2: other, and no. And treat each other with kindness and absolutely equality. Absolutely not. Why would, why would he have wanted that? No, Jesus in his, never. I mean, he was saying in his message, Love One right. Another as I've loved you. Right, like, he literally
3: the, died for the message that he was but saying. But not,
2: he didn't mean, like, for everybody. No, no, not all people. No, I mean, no, like, no. all people in quotation marks. Right,
3: all people. All people. First, let's define the word people. Right, people
2: right. are these, and so it just, um. I don't know. It's it's times like that where I, I, I honestly, I get deflated in general for just society. I'm like, God damn it. And I know everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but it was, it was so vitriolic. It just felt like, but this doesn't.
3: Do you feel any, I guess, like, do you feel any sense of like, I don't know, up? pride in the people of like that are in your community that are responding to those comments, like those people that are like on a side that you feel more aligned with. Yeah.
2: And, and you know, honestly, and I, and I have to say, I don't want to just make it sound like I was like a religious attack. There were a lot of religious people who were like, uh, Hey, I'm Christian and I don't support what that asshole said. Like we're supposed to, you know? And so it wasn't just one, it was just a, it was just, there were just ignorant people. And then some people who just wanted to be trolls Mm -hmm. and some people,
3: you know, it's like, I feel For me personally, when you look at that, you think about the type of person who would feel such negativity, such hate for so many people experiencing such joy. And that's it. That's it. It's that these people have been allowed to marry someone that they love. And that at its heart, at the root of it, is a joyous, wonderful thing. And so the type of person that's like, I hate all that joy is just a very sad, small person. And so –
2: it's not even worth responding to, right? Because no. you're not going to... It's just not... You just kind of have to go...
3: Why would you want to engage with them? It's like it's like Ant-Man. <laughs> like, sh- shrinking down <laughs> to their level. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, let me see the world through the tiny pinhole I peek out of. Right. You know?
2: Do you think... Do you ever see yourself getting married? Or do you... Do
3: you... Oh, yeah. I'm. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big... Um, you know, I guess I'm a partnership person. I think that the word marriage... Was such a like uh, you know complicated word my whole life because I remember like I grew up in a very conservative Christian background and I remember having conversations with my dad when I was still in the closet you know you know be like dad what do you think about gay people <laughs> um, and you know his basically you know his statements uh, were that you know marriage is between a man and a woman blah 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 civil unions da, da 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 and just the idea that there had to be any separate but equal like separation at all like that's not Equality. I think we've learned that from segregation. I think we've learned that throughout history. Um, I think more and more people are on the right side of history. And we have to think not just within the window of that one comment and like within the window of like, you know, this response, but just kind of over the art, the, like the period of time that we're living in. Like from the time I was born to 28 years later now, America allows gay marriage. And when I was zero, it didn't anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's great. My life feels like it's been moving pretty fast, you know, and so I think maybe we're heading in the right direction.
2: I think one of the reasons, you know, one of the many reasons why it's up, it's upsetting to me is that, you know, it's um, – I'm also connecting with it on a, on a level and, and you know, obviously I, I I'm not saying that it was this – Bad for me, although it, did some, it felt like it was pretty harsh when I was growing up. But sort of, you know, getting bullied when I was a kid, or, or because I like because of things that I you know because I because I like D D or I liked computers or I liked whatever, and and sort of feeling like ha ha, you know, and and being called names and stuff. Like I have a very, I have a, such a strong violent aversion to that shit, just because I feel I feel it's it. triggering. I it is very triggering. It's, it's triggering. very triggering. And then I kind of go like. But then it's a million times – but I assume it's a million times worse when it's about, you know, your sexual identity and being told that you can't.
3: Congratulations, Chris. You're not a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) If someone else's suffering triggers an empathetic response of suffering within you, you work. Yay! correct that's the way to feel oh, it doesn't Someone explain all is- those
2: serial killers i serial killed
3: That doesn't work out i had to
2: fight the urge somehow <laughs> i just thought it would be okay
3: yeah but yeah no it's uh, that's just it if it, it, it it's it's good to care it's just because you care
2: well I, I think it is very important for you to continue being as human and sort of transparently human as you are because it's you know in, in, in a world where um People are always trying to sell you stuff, and there's so much, you know, uh, you don't know who to believe or who to trust. Or it's like it's really important to have those voices that make people feel okay, mm-hmm. feel okay with themselves, so that they can, you know, I mean, in a way,
3: that remind people that they are okay.
2: Yeah, but in a way, that that's going to be a huge part of your legacy because I, I don't, I'm sure you don't even really think about this, but you, like, you know, like the fact that you've helped people connect with someone that maybe they didn't have that in their own lives and maybe that's going to change the course of their life because of a because of one simple video you made where you're like hey I'm scared we're all scared you know someone went oh my god yes and then that completely altered you know and made them feel like they were going to be okay you know like that's a really that's yeah. a wonderful thing and that's part of your legacy is like that's part of your – these little emotion babies that are being birthed into the
3: world. Oh, God. I can't think about that. <laughs> I mean it's wonderful. It's good. Yeah, but it's a lot. I mean I hope so. That's the goal, right?
2: Floating but- Laser Mansion.
3: Yeah, right? Floating Laser Mansion. No. Um, yeah, no. That's uh- – a. That's like the most reaffirming thing about doing this because it's so easy to just like focus on – it's like just going back and forth between like building building and expanding within the wheelhouse of entertainment, staying authentic, staying true to yourself. And that's exactly what Tuesday for me was all about is like I was trying to post this video and I was editing it and I was like – God, I just really just – I got to just forgive myself for needing to just totally forget the other video and shoot a straight-to-camera vlog and just talk about my feelings for like 10 minutes. I just have to do it. I have to do it today. I have to do it today. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's watching. Like, bah. And then, you know, and just kind of going with your gut. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, maybe at some point we'll construct a – authenticity coming out day
3: Yay! Where, ever,
2: where everyone...
3: I think it's, you know, it's like, I feel like I wish there was... A, it's a, how lovely that there is a coming out day and I wish... You know, I've said this before, actually, that I wish that there was a coming out day where people could like be like, come out, like, coming out, I have an eating disorder, coming out, like, I'm a, a little passive-aggressive and I think it's rooted in this. You know what I mean? Like, that right. sort of, like, coming out thing to be like, hey, here's something I'm trying to change about myself that you never knew. It's something I'm struggling with. You yeah. know? I wonder.
2: Well, hopefully it would... Do you think there'd be any, I mean, when people are making themselves vulnerable, do you think there's any danger that they might?
3: They wouldn't be vulnerable if there was no danger, like danger. <laughs> like that's it. That's the whole that's thing. That's the definition of vulnerability. Yep. Brene Braun did that great TED talk on being vulnerable. We should really listen to it and watch it, everybody.
2: I will. God damn it! I just have to. St- I have to. St- so many
3: goddamn. I have t- to t- t- steal
2: t- myself t- for the sidebar of like, oh, I gotta watch that one. Oh no, I gotta watch that one. Yeah. Well, of course, I have to watch that one.
3: Yeah, yeah. The vulnerability one though, it leaves you feeling rather brave. And I realized that, and this is what I said on Tuesdays. I think I have been confusing strength with bravery. And I think that I am guess like I think I am a strong person. I think a lot of people are strong people, but I think it's different to be a brave person. Right. You know. And that's, that's the thing. I can definitely be strong as long as I keep myself limited to the things I feel strong about. <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> and keep supporting those ideas. I mean, yeah,
3: I got this. Don't, don't ask me to do that. I mean, yeah, okay. Ah, you You're know.
2: really compromising my strength. Right the, now by it? asking
3: me to be brave. Yeah. But
2: you know what? That just builds more areas of strength. Overall. It takes a
3: lot of strength to lift a giant floating palace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let the orphans worry about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, they got a lot to worry about already. Uh, anyway, hey,
2: um, well, I adore you, and I am so glad that you're happy and that things are going well. And and, and I hope we. am
3: glad to... you're happy too.
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's it's you know it's kind of funny that you really. Sometimes I get paranoid. I'm like, oh my. Am I creating stress? Am I creating fires to put out because I just need to, you know, it seems like.
3: To be in the act of resolving?
2: Well, also just to feel like I'm doing something. You know what I mean? Like when things are going well, but it doesn't feel like anything, it's like, oh, do I need to do I need to emotionally cut something so it feels like I'm doing something. You know, Yeah,
3: I would say definitely pay attention to that because things are going well and it doesn't feel like anything.
2: Well, I just mean (laughs) this. I mean this. It's not that it doesn't... I'm not saying... No, it's not that it doesn't feel like anything. It's just that I think we, you know, we confuse the states of action and being a lot, you know? And Mm. so you can... You can feel like something isn't real because you're not doing anything, you know? It's sort of like... I mean, I guess the simplest way is like when people talk about acting and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not... I was just I was just in the moment. I was just being something. I didn't it wasn't a part of my brain where I was like, I am now going to act as this person. I am, I am doing, doing something. Acting. I am doing it now. I am doing
3: acting. Yeah. I am s- listening acting. Yes. Yeah.
2: So maybe maybe the maybe the idea is like, live, don't do life. Whoa. Right?
3: Whoa. Huh? Chris. Come on. Oh my God. What is happening? That's really good. The hardest thing for my puppy dog to do is to sit. Because she's doing so much. It's to sit and be still. So it looks like she's not doing anything, but that's her doing the most. She can oh, because
2: she's holding every little it's muscle. Just, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. It's just all impulse control.
2: It's a real cute dog, by the way. Thank you. She's a good egg. Ollie. Did you decide to get a dog or did you happen upon a dog? Like was it one of those things where Well,
3: you, you know, I was uh in the midst of a Many things about my life that needed restructuring. So, of course, I decided to avoid all those things by getting a dog. (laughs) So I'm not perfect, but now I have a wonderful dog in my life. And Uh, I've
2: restructured. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what what many things do you want to... Tell people
3: to. well. If you guys want to hear more uh, from me, you can always find me at youtube dot com slash harto Or if you are of the reading variety, you can buy my book, My Drunk Kitchen: A Guide to Eating, Drinking, and Going with Your Gut, available in bookstores everywhere.
2: Oh, right, to get drunk is we're all alcoholic. Oh ah.
3: yeah, we're all alcoholics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, good to see you. I can't wait to see you back on At Midnight Soon. Yeah. And then across from uh, a, de- a coffee table with uh, decaf coffees.
3: Decaf coffees. Yay. Yay. Enjoy your burrito. Bye, guys.
2: Live. Don't do life.
3: Yeah, that was good. Oh, thanks. That's smart. Thanks. Oh, thanks,
2: yeah. Oh, my arm hurts. I was just patting myself on
0: the back for that one. <laughs> oh, I think I popped a rib out.
3: That's not your back.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> that shouldn't be out.
1: That shouldn't be out. That should be back in.
3: Oh, fuck. <laughs>
1: Now, leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize.